You're listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update on social media. Thanks as always for joining us this week. New important lawsuits on the illicit targeting of Project Veritas, plus new information about biolabs here in the United States that are going to, that information is going to knock your socks off. And first up, though, is a discussion about the Twitter fight and the assault on our First Amendment uh, by the Biden administration. First up is the uh, big news that Elon Musk is going to purchase Twitter after all. Now, the left has gone crazy. Uh, They've already been crazy in terms of their suppression and censorship of uh, the speech of their political opponents. They've been doing it on Twitter. They've been doing it on Facebook. They've been doing it on Google, uh, which owns YouTube. And uh, they uh, had the support of the president of the United States in pushing for this mass censorship on issues ranging from election integrity to personal corruption about Joe Biden, namely the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, uh, to questions about uh, controversial COVID policies and the controversies associated uh, with vaccine mandates and mass mandates and things like that. So on top of that, you also had uh, restrictions on discussions related to the transgender extremist agenda. So they would get into any topic necessary in order to protect themselves from criticism uh, from their political opponents, the left would. So the idea that Elon Musk, who is specifically and vocally committed to free speech on Twitter, is going to take over Twitter is something that has sent the left into a rage. The Biden administration already is on record and has taken action to suppress free speech, an attack on our First Amendment. But on top of that, they've come up with this new scheme through the Department of Homeland Security that's scaring the heck out of pretty much every sensible American. It's this uh, board for disinformation governance. Is that what it is? Or governance of disinformation? Disinformation governance board, I'm being told. When doesn't that sound something out of George Orwell? Orwell had, they had the Ministry of Truth. And that's the trend of the discussion here. Everyone's calling it the Ministry of Truth. In fact, it's a censorship board. It's designed to stop the dissemination of speech this government, the bureaucracy, the deep state doesn't like. In fact, Jen Psaki confirmed that. He said, we want to stop this information from getting across the country. That's censorship. So never before, at least in modern American history, have you had the federal government committed to censoring the thoughts of every American citizen as expressed on big tech and the social media platforms. And of course, in order to have this uh, censorship board work, how is it going to operate? It's going to have to monitor your social media posts. They're certainly going to be monitoring my social media posts and other prominent critics of uh, the Biden administration and corruption in general here in Washington, D.C. And uh, sure enough, um, Elon Musk uh, makes this announcement or the announcements made about Musk's purchase of Twitter. Within two days, within two days, the Biden administration announces this outrageous, as uh, Senator Hawley call it, monstrosity attacking our First Amendment rights. 
and the left is calling for widespread government regulation of content on social media. They want to monitor and censor you, dear Americans. You. And uh, thankfully, Elon Musk, and, and as, as I said before, I don't know what his politics are, generally speaking. He said he, for instance, supported Obama and that the Democratic Party, as far as he's concerned, has gone way to the left of him. But the point is that there are people like Elon Musk who may have liberal views on many issues, but there's a difference between liberalism, I think it's fair to say, and this sort of extreme leftism, the totalitarian communism that's on the rise in our nation. And uh, I highlighted that uh, this, this censorship push, this ministry of uh, truth, is a threat to our civil liberties. And it's interesting because I, uh, I posted a, this is the following tweet I posted on uh, Twitter. So uh, ministry of truth was trending for obvious reasons on Twitter, and trending means it means a lot of people are tweeting about it, and Twitter makes note of that on the platform. And I tweeted, Ministry of Truth is trending because Biden administration appointed a radical leftist, which is true, to run a censorship board in the Department of Homeland Security a few days after Elon uh, Musk's purchase of Twitter announced. So a, a very straightforward tweet. And it's those types of tweets that drive the left crazy, because they really can't argue with it. He, the person that they, and I'm going to talk about the person they, is going to be running this uh, in a little bit. So Elon Musk responded to my tweet, which drove the left even further crazy, by saying, "This is messed up. You bet it's messed up. You bet it's messed up." And who's the person that they've uh, going to have uh, run this censorship board? Her name is Nina Jankowitz. And she's a radical leftist. She's kind of an unusual person, to put it nicely. Uh, there's lots of videos of her singing about uh, censoring disinformation. Uh, so you can look those up if you want to have a little bit of fun. Uh, but the disturbing part is that she, you know, she boasts, for instance, and this is another tweet I uh, highlighted. Well, there's one tweet uh, where, and I highlighted it, uh, she's talking about, um, in a uh, statement she made to the media or to an outlet, a news media outlet, uh, that uh, Trump being knocked off of Twitter and, and otherwise deplatformed from other social media platforms, was uh, he was kind of like a weed tree that had been lopped off. That's how she, he referred, she referred to uh, Trump being canceled on Twitter. She talks about the fascism of Trump supporters so she obviously hates anyone who's associated with Trump. Uh, she's quoted in Chinese social media, uh, actually in, China, in a Chinese media publication, about uh, in attacking Trump for raising questions about the Wuhan lab origin of the coronavirus. I highlighted that her statement to Chinese media attacking Trump. And you know what Twitter did? They suppressed it because they said I was linking to a Chinese state media site. I mean, that's the irony of what Twitter's doing. They're censoring my tweet about the top official in the Biden administration who's going to be censoring us. And a, a statement that she made to China-controlled media. And on top of that, uh, the DHS, in the meantime, 
is letting through. Uh, it's not even a slow motion invasion. It's a pretty darn quick invasion of our nation by illegal immigrants on our southern border. Hundreds of thousands getting through. Millions since uh, Biden's come into office. And what are they going to focus on? Coming after you. And believe me, there are two, two issues they need to get done here. They need to suppress Elon Musk's Twitter platform through regulation and threats and intimidation to make sure he doesn't turn back on the switch for freedom on Twitter. And they also need to intimidate, harass, and target and spy on their political opponents because guess what this year is? It's an election year. One of the proposed things that this censorship board's gonna look into is Russia disinformation. Well, guess what? The left considers Russia disinformation anything critical of the Biden administration. So that's a catch-all term. Frankly, the phrase disinformation should be translated immediately in your head to free speech. So when they say we're trying to combat disinformation, what they really mean to say is we're trying to combat free speech. So judicial, what is Judicial Watch doing? Well, we've already uncovered previously, because we know how this game works, because we've been victimized. I've been directly censored as a result of government intervention with uh, big tech. Judicial Watch has been directly censored as a result of government intervention with big tech. We have the documents. State agencies who didn't like what we were saying about election integrity and calling them out for their failures to clean up election rolls and such, they got YouTube to take down one of our videos, specifically California. Even Iowa, which is run by Republicans, went after us. So this is a bipartisan issue. I mean, you've heard about Speaker McCarthy this week, joke, and he's not Speaker yet, that's right. Um, Minority Leader McCarthy, shortly after 1-6, he was caught on tape talking about uh, conservative Republicans he didn't like, and I don't know if he was joking or not, but he was seemingly pretty direct in saying, I wonder if Twitter could take down their accounts too. So don't think it's just Democrats who want to suppress speech, the temptation to suppress the speech of people you don't like or uh, politicians don't like uh, goes across party lines. Uh, but let's be clear here. The Democratic Party, unfortunately, and I, I try not to be partisan here because that's not what Judicial Watch does, but it's a factual analysis, is that the Democratic Party has made it a core element of its governing strategy, and the Biden administration specifically, with the support of Congress, to regulate and censor our speech. So that's an attack on your civil liberties, my civil liberties. It's an attack on our Constitution, which protects our First Amendment rights. Not only uh, to speak out on political matters, but to petition our government. So when you're criticizing the government and you get censored, you're criticizing government policy, you get censored, as a result of the government working with big tech, and of course, big tech doesn't necessarily have the right to censor you either, that's a violation of your rights. So the Biden administration is on the side of violating, violating your rights. 
They're going after Elon Musk, and uh, you can bet they're going to continue to try to escalate the censorship because uh, through government abuse, because that's what they've been doing repeatedly almost every election in the last several elections, abusing the powers of government to oppress their uh, political opposition during election years so they can either retain and or obtain power. They did it in 2012. Obama used the IRS to go after his political opposition so he could be more easily reelected. They did the same thing in 2016. They used other government agencies to go after his political opposition because he wanted Hillary there, namely Trump. Hence the Russia spies and the illegal sp uh, Russia spygate smears and the illegal spying on Trump. In 2020, they uh, suppressed information about Hunter Biden, hid it from the American people, changed the rules in a way that was unlawful and anti-constitutional. And now, just on the eve of the next election, they come up with a censorship board run by a left-wing extremist. Who's partisan? I mean, this, and, and, and she's not only partisan, she's, it's like this crazed government, we got to do what the government wants. So when the government was against wearing masks, this person uh, who is going to be running the censorship board was all on board suppressing ads uh, uh, promoting masks, or at least the purchases of masks. And then once it became clear that the government wanted you to wear masks, she was in favor of monitoring and stifling speech of those who opposed mask mandates. So it's just the government. It's the government. The boring, and this is, this is the problem with this totalitarianism, it's usually kind of boring. It's like, oh, what's the latest government policy we're not allowed to talk about? It's not, it's not even interesting censorship. It's so obvious and childish. So these are dangerous times for our republic. And um, I mean, the good news is that Musk is buying Twitter. The good news is he has a seeming commitment to free speech, which, which should be encouraged. The good news is the left sees this as a strategic threat to their efforts to control big tech, um, uh, uh, to control big tech and thereby control our speech. So Judicial Watch has launched Freedom of Information Act request already. I think it was announced. When was this deal announced? When was this? was announced on Wednesday. We got FOIAs out immediately on Wednesday and Thursday for records about this unprecedented censorship board put in place by the Biden gang. So I'll let you know what we find. There's going to be more coming. There's going to be more censorship coming. I encourage you, if you're not, and I've always said this, you shouldn't leave these platforms even if they are unfriendly. And what I think is very interesting, and I encourage you to follow Judicial Watch on Twitter and participate in the conversation on Twitter in addition to other social media, if that's your cup of tea. And some people don't like doing social media generally, so I don't want you to make you do it if you don't like it. 
but after Musk uh, announced, uh, it was announced that Musk was taking over Twitter, uh, all of a sudden, the major conservatives on Twitter, all their accounts got huge bumps in followers. Now, I'm a major voice on Twitter. I have, I had, um, bef just before this, it was uh, one point, I guess it's 1.29 million followers. Uh, and I used to have around 1.4 million, but Twitter purged all of about 225,000 of my followers uh, when they knocked Trump off. So it was the great purge of conservatives that time. And uh, so I've been slowly building them up since I've been back on Twitter. Uh, and just the last few days, I think I got 100,000 more followers. So I'm now at 1.4 million. That takes typically three to four months to get 100,000 followers, new followers on Twitter. And I got those in three days, which suggests to me that Twitter being taken over by Musk resulted in something happening at Twitter that turned off suppression of conservative accounts and our followers. And it's not just me who had big bumps. Every major conservative voice on Twitter had big bumps. I know the Judicial Watch account had a big bump. I don't think it was as big as mine. Um, and some of the Fox News people and, you know, other big conservatives on Twitter. Because, you know, there aren't that many. There aren't that many. And um, so we are winning. At least this, this week we're winning, right? But as you can see, there's a big counterattack. The Ministry of Truth by Joe Biden. And we're not going to stand for it. We're obviously doing the FOIAs and we're going to research other illegal means to try to protect our First Amendment rights. Well, in, in addition to the First Amendment protecting free speech, it protects the rights of a free press. And the left media has interpreted that to mean that there can be no criticism of the media, which of course is bunk. Uh, but um, on the other hand, the left has never thought the First Amendment is something uh, that should be applied to its political opposition, especially the components of the political opposition uh, that um, is pursuing journalism. And Project Veritas, run by James O'Keefe, our friend, uh, has been targeted by the left for destruction because his journalism has resulted in the left being embarrassed on a whole host of issues, too numerous to recount here. James is going to have to promote his own organization on his own show. Uh, but they've done some great work exposing some election fraud issues, exposing ACORN back in the day. Remember ACORN and and the census and all that, um, which was, ACORN was a radical left group that we were giving tax money to, uh, uh, and, and that money was being abused and they were doing things that were contrary to law, it looked like. Uh, and uh, more recently, he's also exposed uh, Pfizer, he's exposed Twitter, he's exposed big tech lies, he's exposed uh, media lies. So he is a thorn in the side because of his intrepid undercover journalism. So what has the left done? They've tried to put him in jail. Actually, they prosecuted him once. And more recently, the FBI raided Jim, James's home, um, allegedly to investigate the handling of Ashley Biden's diary. Crazy. Why is the FBI investigating the handling of Ashley Biden's diary? Ashley Biden being the daughter of Joe Biden. And James didn't even have the diary. He gave it back to law enforcement because he was thought maybe uh, it might have been stolen. So he gave it back. At least that's what I understand happened. 
So they're trying to jail him. And on top of that, Judicial Watch uncovered recently documents showing that the FBI and Pfizer were working to target uh, James as well because he blew uh, the whistle on FISA corruption related to, um, I think, some vaccine issues. So uh, Judicial Watch has been looking at this issue very carefully because this is government misconduct. This is abuse of power. And so when there's an FBI raid on a journalist, we say, well, what's going on there? That's unusual, right? So because James O'Keefe is the wrong type of journalist, the journalist community doesn't want to protect him. But Judicial Watch, again, comes to the rescue. We stand strong on behalf of the rule of law. And so we just recently sued, we actually filed three lawsuits against the Justice Department and the Health and Human Services for communications about Project Veritas with Pfizer, uh, the New York Times, and other outside groups. So the lawsuit against the FBI was um, over their communications with Pfizer. The lawsuit against, um, the second lawsuit against the FBI was about their communications with the New York Times, who evidently uh, knew about the raid within minutes of it happening, which is remarkable, right? Which suggested it was illegally leaked to them. So we asked for documents about that. And plus we asked for documents about um, uh, another organization tied uh, to HHS to um, uh, 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 James O'Keefe that uh, looks like they were also going after James O'Keefe. So we've got these two agencies, uh, the FBI and HHS, looks like going after James O'Keefe and Judicial Watch is going into court to figure out what went on. And so this is a key government corruption scandal. From midnight raids to legal maneuvering, the government has been attacking Project Veritas for years. We need to know the details of any administration discussions targeting the journalists at Project Veritas. So the left wants to pretend that this corruption isn't obvious, and Judicial Watch is, again, doing the heavy lifting to find out the truth about what's happening to James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. So one of the other things we're able to do is use the FOIA effectively to find out what the government's up to. Now, as you know, we often have to sue under FOIA to get the government to give us documents. But sometimes we know enough about the documents or uh, are expert enough about the particular topic that we can focus like a laser on specific issues and get and extract the documents without having to sue. And these are one of, this is a case where that happened. And it's related to a very important issue, the issue of biolab safety, not in China, not in Ukraine, but here in the U.S. of A and specifically labs monitored and regulated by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Why the Department of Agriculture, you might ask? Because the Agriculture Department deals with pathogens and diseases affecting livestock and plants and other things like that. So they, they've got a lot of stuff under study, and some of that stuff is pretty darn dangerous, not only to humans, but to um, uh, American farming and anim, uh, you know, cattle and other interests like that. Because you can imagine some of this gets into, um, gets into a livestock population, you could have economic devastation. So whenever you hear stuff about biolabs saying, well, you know, this is, they were investigating uh, only animal-related diseases, so it's not, um, a it's not weapons research. Well, you know, you can deploy a weapon against a country's economy.
So what's the concern about the issues here in uh, the U.S. Uh, homeland is that we've got biolab safety issues here at home. And Judicial Watch was unable to uncover uh, ju through just 25 pages of records, heavily redacted, we don't know the labs that are causing the issues, of, uh, from the Federal Select Agent Program that reveals safety lapses and violations at U.S. biosafety laboratories that conduct researches, uh, research on dangerous agents and toxins. Mishaps, human errors, animal escapes, improper and defective personal protective equipment, facility equipment failures, and containment failures continue to occur at some of the United States' most secure and regulated high containment biosafety laboratories. Now, I know you've heard in the lab uh, discussions that, you know, uh, you know, there are these levels of security at the labs in terms of biosafety, one, two, three, and four. Four, I think, is typically seen as the highest. That was the Wuhan lab um, after a period of time. Uh, it's not clear of the level of security at these labs because the labs are so big, you could have uh, uh, the same facility have different security levels. Uh, four, you know, an area that's four, an area that's three, or an area that's two. So uh, that's the caveat I hear. I put in out here. Uh, so this select agent program is jointly comprised of the Centers for Disease Control uh, and Prevention of the Division of Select Agents and Toxins and the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service Division of Agriculture Select Agents and Toxins. So this is a kind of a joint operation. Uh, it oversees the possession, use, and transfer of biological select agents and toxins which have the potential to pose a severe threat to public animal or plant health or to animal or plant products. So on March 11th, we found on uh, 2021, this program sent a letter to a recipient, I guess a project or a lab whose name is redacted, meaning it's blacked out, we can't see it, titled Suspension of Registration. The letter advises the entity that their certificate of registration to possess, use, or transfer select um, agents and toxins is suspended due to the failure to comply with regulatory requirements. The letter further states that um, they had inventory discrepancies, uh, systemic non-compliance with inventory record keeping and effective training requirements that would prevent these repeated occurrences. Despite repeated assurances, after each, you know, after a variety of incidents, that staff have been retrained on inventory practices and reminded of the importance of proper communication, they continued to report inventory discrepancies, specifically systemic noncompliance uh, with, uh, with the edicts uh, put out there by this regulatory body. Now, um, when they talk about inventory, they're not talking about, you know, how many pens and pencils they have. They want to know specifically where is all the dangerous stuff. They call it a vial by vial inventory. I mean, it sounds pretty scary, doesn't it? And the document also shows that if the certificate of registration was revoked, they'd have to destroy all the sensitive biologic materials there. So this is deadly serious work and, and issues. Uh, so this is the issue, uh, and uh, you know, you can imagine some of the operational failures at these labs are almost inevitable. Someone sticks himself with a needle accidentally and gets sick. 
or that happens repeatedly. Some people get sick, some people don't get sick. You know, sort of things that acts, something that where an accident happens and there's nothing that you can do about it other than hope it doesn't happen again and better train people. Uh, but there are, uh, what I found interesting in the documents that we uncovered is that um, a lot of the incidents relates to the uh, doing experiments outside of the biological uh, containment area. That's how I'm interpreting it. So as you might imagine, when you're handling this dangerous material, you're supposed to be in an area that's secured. And there were many, many instances where that was not being done. Now that's not someone making a stupid mistake. That's someone who thinks the rules don't apply to them. That's poor training, that's poor discipline, and it's dangerous. I tell you, if I'm the Chinese and I'm looking at this, I'd be like, oh, well, maybe the, maybe the virus got out of a U.S. lab. I mean, I'm being only half sarcastic there. Listen to this, a report dated July 6, 2020. This is the title. Report to Congress, notifications of theft, loss, or release of select agents and, to and toxins for calendar year 2019. And this is, this is what the report says. During 2019, the program received 13 reports of losses, 219 reports of releases, and zero reports of thefts. Well, you know, thank heaven for small gifts. None of these releases resulted in illnesses, deaths, or transmissions to or among workers, nor was there a biological select agents and toxins transmission to outside of a laboratory into the surrounding environment or community and there was no criminal nexus. So this is pretty dangerous stuff that's going on, and as the report suggests, it's, it's frankly, we're lucky that is something terrible hasn't happened. So what is the solution here? Well, it seems to me that we gotta be more discriminatory about what we support as a federal taxpayers uh, in terms of this research. Is the research so inherently dangerous that they shouldn't do it? and that the benefits outweigh the risks. I mean, that was the issue with the support of, taxpayer support of the Wuhan lab. It's, this, it's the question of the support of gain-of-function research. It's not clear if gain-of-function research was going on in any of these labs. I'm sure, well, I know it was going on in some of these, not these labs, but in biological labs here in the United States. And as I say, these documents uncover a pattern of serious safety issues in biolabs here on U.S. soil. And so, I mean, given these issues here at home, one can just imagine the safety issues of labs the U.S. funds abroad. We funded labs in Ukraine, as I think I'm allowed to say, because I guess highlighting U.S. funding for biolabs in Ukraine was seen as unhelpful to whatever cause the left was pursuing in Ukraine, but it's true. And of course, we had a massive program that Judicial Watch has taken a lead in exposing in China. Now, I want to remind you what we exposed there. Now, uh, Fauci and his people knew about gain-of-function research in China, and they covered it up from the American people. And they were very much concerned about what was going on in the Wuhan Institute, and they covered it up from the American people. In fact, they had a Fauci agency spy 
I would call her a spy. She wasn't technically a spy, but she was acting as if she was a spy. Very much concerned about what was going on in Wuhan. And they were concerned it was a threat, yet they were funding it. Crazy stuff going on. So this is what Judicial Watch does. You know, we're exposing the truth about the vaccines. We're exposing the truth about these biolabs. Not only in China, but also here at home. So uh, it's been a busy week. We got more coming next week. We have material about the vaccines uh, coming out next week that's uh, uh, going to be shocking to you and a whole host of additional lawsuits and disclosures. We've got, it's kind of like lined up at an airport. We've got a lot of planes ready to take off. So it's important that you just don't tune in to Judicial Watch on, uh, you know, during this time to watch my presentations, however scintillating and exciting they may be. There's ongoing work and activities going on at Judicial Watch. I can't even talk about everything. Sometimes it's like, I can't, I, I want to talk about this and this and this, and I can't get to it because I don't have time here. Or more importantly, you don't have the patience to listen to me talk about it here. Uh, so I encourage you to stay, track on, stay, stay on track with our work on our website, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm on Twitter at Tom Fitton, at Judicial Watch, Facebook, Judicial Watch, Instagram, Judicial Watch. You can look me up on social media as well. And uh, uh, we provide the best information on social media. I'm not boasting. I think it's a fact. So um, our educational work is second to none in telling the American people uh, what their government is up to and holding the government accountable. And we only do it with your support. So I encourage you not only to follow Judicial Watch and share our work and our educational materials and documents, but I also encourage you to support our work by giving us a donation at uh, judicialwatch.org, judicialwatch.org. So with that, I uh, will see you here, I hope, next week on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. Thanks for listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. For more information, visit www.judicialwatch.org because no one is above the law.